Aloha, I am June Jones of the Houston Roughnecks, and this is the XFL Show. Welcome, football fans. This is For the Love of Football, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. Well, well, well. Look who's coming back for another go-round in the spring. The USFL is making its return in 2022 under the Fox Sports banner. Good thing we already had a huge guest lined up for this week, even before the announcement The most tenacious of all spring football journalists scheduled for today's Good Crisp interview. This is episode 173, the return of the USFL. Bryant, spring football, it will work eventually. People are going to be trying it left and right until it does. I told you so. Here comes another challenger. Uh, It's like if the football gods had aligned us with Mike Mitchell himself that says, hey, talk to him on Thursday because we're going to drop something. You know what? We're going to talk to Mike Mitchell every Thursday going forward because it seems like we actually get some great news. Uh, like the USFL coming back. I'm actually kind of hyped about this one. I'm oh, excited. yeah. This is really this is really exciting. Uh, we, of course, this is not the CFL show. This is not the AAF show. This is uh, not the USFL show. This is the XFL show. But the USFL, we've covered it on the show before. Great episode uh, way back in the day with Jeff Perlman, who wrote the book on the USFL. Uh, go check that out in the archives. It's like episode 2734. I don't know. Oh, man, yeah. But it's an old logo. We, it was we respect on cassette. The, U- the USFL, for sure. And we're going to get all up in that today. And, yes, we have Mike Mitchell on. Great football journalist, XFL News Hub, Jet Express. He is going to join us for a good crisp interview, and we plan on talking to him about some words he's put uh, to Paige as of late, talking about 2023 being the most logical uh, time frame for the XFL, what alignment could mean, uh, talking a lot about the XFL-CFL talks, and he has good insight. He really grinds hard to get as much info as he can, and he's trying to basically bust those NDA barriers. Uh, He And, I mean, he is nonstop. Those are impenetrable fortresses, those non-disclosure agreements everybody in the XFL-CFL talks are under. But Mike Mitchell, he gets as much as he can, and he works harder than anybody really I think we know covering the XFL. So he's going to join us later for the Good Crisp interview. We are going to talk USFL. We have a, a few other news and notes to get into this week. But, woo, a really fun show for you this week. So let's fire it up. 724-565-4XFL is the XFL fan line for you to call or text, and we pick it, pick them out each week, our favorite voicemails and texts, and play them on the air or read them on the air. And we got one here coming up, so please call or text anytime you like. That's 24-7-365, the XFL fan line. And you can hit us up at XFL Show on social media. We're everywhere. Instagram, Instagram Junior, Twitter, uh, TikTok maybe one day if we learn how to use it. But, yes, at XFL Show. 
everybody love everybody, say nice things about the CFL. If you're an XFL fan, <laughs> still under that doctrine, nice things about the XFL if you're a CFL fan. Nice things about the USFL too, by the way. Oh, and now you can also start saying nice things about the – well, can you? Because now they might be competition. We'll get into that. Maybe not. It is football, though. And it's football. The USFL ruled. Oh, my God. I can't. We're going to talk about it. I'm excited. <laughs> Brock, we've got to get to the sponsor. We've got to get roll through this thing. Pretty easy podcast bringing you this week's show. Go to www.prettyeasypodcast.com to get started today with your own podcast, with your own producer, your own production help at a very, very low rate, affordable. You're busy. You can't learn all the ins and outs of podcasting, but you got something to say. You know you could do a good show. You just need a little bit of help. That's what Pretty Easy Podcast is for. So go there now, prettyeasypodcast.com. Uh, if you want to be the creme de la creme or you know the gold standard, then go to prettyeasypodcast.com because they make podcasting uh, pretty easy. And... Now we can dink and dunk around some social media. The USFL announced to be returning in 2022. Fox Sports puts out a public uh, a public relations release all over the place. You got everybody covering this all day long on this Thursday, just in time for us to do this show. Bryant waking up to this news. And lo and behold, we already had Mike Mitchell scheduled, so he'll be on Jet Press, XFL News Hub, and... Wow, what a bombshell to wake up to this morning. Did you see any fa- any favorite takes initially on social media that you picked out? On the uh, Naylor, I think, back? was on a roll a little bit with just kind of saying how, like, calming people down. I think it's, it's so funny. Wait, you want my, here's my impression of our good friend Dave Naylor of TSN uh, as soon as the USFL news uh, broke. What? Okay, what do you know about this? Is this just in the TSL uh, in, in different clothing? Are they going to be competition with the CFL? Are they a part of the alignment talks? Okay. Uh, ah! Nonstop talking and texting. That's Dave Naylor hustling all over Twitter. And he was giving play-by-play play of it, too. Yeah. And I think, uh, if anything, it should have helped calm the nerves of uh, CFL fans. But who knows? Yeah. The, I don't I don't know uh, if there are CFL fans uh, out there like the guy that wrote this book. Someone sent us on Twitter uh, that are that are going to ease up. They want their Canadian football league, Canadian three downs, rouges, all of it. And someone tweeted at us at XFL show. This is a real book. It's only 38 pages, though, but uh, published last month. This is real. It's called the CFL show. Remind me to bleep that, Brian. Into XFL Pipe Dreamland in defense with the C of Canadian football during the pandemic by John McKenzie. That's a real 38-page book, Brian. Someone had to write when they saw the news of the CFL maybe aligning with the XFL. Strong stance to keep the Canadian in the Canadian Football League. Uh, You know, CFL fans are are not going to back down. That's what I'm getting out of all this. They are... are True red and white fans, and and they want their football to have no blue in it. They it, want... it might not. It might still be aligned with the XFL, and it might not. It might stay Canadian. So not so fast to get so uh, angry too. I mean, everybody love everybody. Enjoy the ride, but also this John McKenzie. I don't know if I'm gonna. I probably will not read this book, Bryant. But you don't need to write a book these days if you if you're passionate about. I mean, go ahead, but. I think the dude could have just put out a string of tweets 
and gotten it all off his chest. That's what Twitter's for. Pretty easy podcasts. Could have hit up prettyeasypodcast.com. Did a podcast. Yeah. This how many pages is it? Pre- pre- 38 page book. 38 I think pages I saw, could have been about a 14 episode podcast. That would be great. I'm sure Pretty Easy Podcast would love to produce that. I would love to be, I would love to have a sister show that's a CFL show. So hopefully that happens. We'll see. And well, then uh, Chris on you. No, that's, this isn't it. Chris on YouTube following the ELE, uh, the de- declaration. I love my CFL brothers to the great white north. Go Argonauts. There you go. I um I've been thinking about this. I think well my alliance to any CFL team is up for for grabs, right? So I don't I don't have a team. Riders. This is well, a, I know you're a Rough Riders guy. Well, I, I always assume this podcast was like Rough Riders friendly. We're, I mean we're, we're CFL friendly. Trying, we're CFL friendly. I was trying to make us also really friendly to the Rough Rider crowd because they're the well, you might not like this, but I would say they're like the Battlehawks fans of the CFL. Yeah, see, that's just, no. Who the more, I want to be like, if, who's the Raiders team of the CFL? Oh, I, I don't know who the Raiders of, I would say maybe, who are the Raiders of the CFL? Maybe who are the, the Raiders? You tell us, Maybe CFL I fans. would say Calgary, if you ask me. That would Ooh. be my guess. But we'll see what the CFL fans tell, let us know. Yeah, which which team's the Raiders of the, you want to like a, the Raiders of a league? No, I just want to make sure I stay away. Uh, Hamilton. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, makes sense, yeah. Hamilton. Um, maybe Edmonton with their cool uh, new name that we'll get into here in a little bit. Oh, yes, that's coming up here in just a second. Last piece of uh, social uh, social uh, dink and dunkage here. Terry texted us on the XFL fan line, Brian. Terry. And said, uh, the Fort Wayne bathroom pick is an original piece of mine. I can sell you one of the three originals I have in stock for $69,000. Just hit me up. Now, and I got you my one. Did it. I got and you hit one. up Terry. I you don't know. You framed it, too. I didn't hit up Terry. You spent <laughs> sixty-nine grand on that? Nice. <laughs> I don't think I have sixty-nine grand, uh, But it's a beautiful piece of art. I just want to remind me that I cannot talk about what I cannot <laughs> really talk about. Framed, he really framed it. He, he printed it out. And he framed the Fort I didn't Wayne print it. I went pick. to the restroom in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I grabbed yeah. it right out of the bathroom. It was <laughs> well, a family that, restroom, brother. too, so it wasn't even like a women's room. You know, it, was just, it had both stick figures on there. Is it Michael Jackson? I mean, it looks like, like they're doing the the, the, to, the toe moon, the moonwalk or getting ready for a moonwalk. Is that who it is? Uh, those pants are definitely women, so I'd say maybe like whoever Michael Jackson's uh, sister would be, maybe Janet. Oh, okay, it's more of a it's more of a a Janet, It's a good piece of uh, art. Does that remind you that it looks we're, we're, good you know, on your wall too? I mean, you. I appreciate that. I, 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 you know, when Danny Garcia never, signs that piece of art, oh my god, then it's going to be worth sixty nine thousand dollars. You know, I've never heard also of uh, putting the art under the window, but you pull it off. Looks good there. I put it within within camera. That's that's, that's I put whole, it over the window the or to the side. You wouldn't see it. This is I'm turning this off. That's like because, yeah. of all of all that XFL, all those balls you got behind you, all the missing gear one you by have, the way. I don't know if you noticed that by there. Uh, the that that photo might be the most XFL thing you have in that office. What? <laughs> yeah, it is true. That's it's the, the most relatable. Thing. Deep, deep. You even mentioned my daughter's there. little first drawing there that I put there. Oh, there. she drew. Nice. Yeah, Olaf. I mean, she colored. Oh, it's Olaf. From my magic markers. Frozen. Let it go. Let's I go. Can't, I can't believe it's Moana. Yeah, let's let this segment go. Go into <laughs> this week's 
Cover two. Edmonton football team no more. Bryant, they are now the Edmonton Elks. Bummer, not the Elk Hounds, but I welcome the cool new helmets that were revealed in their fancy video that they released for the team name reveal. Something and to be said about you. horns on the side of a helmet that I really enjoy. Just... I dig it. Yep. Antlers, horns on the, on a helmet look at, looking good. Uh, the video was hype. I'm sure fans in Edmonton are hype that they have a team to – a nickname to call their team now, and they don't need to live in limbo like people in Washington, D.C. are, uh, although they like Washington football name apparently. Uh, but that <laughs> this really got us – Nostalgic for the team name reveals of the XFL, which Did you watch oh, that the video. Elks were, the Elks the Elk. was cool. It, it doesn't compare to the God. to the the reveal of of the Guardians, gargoyles, and the flashing lights and lightning Remember and all that over the over Gotham. Hell on wheels between hash marks. I mean, come on. Oh yes, come on. <laughs> the writing also for the XFL name reveals. Mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> That's the reason awesome. why you don't change any of the names. Uh, really, because of those video packages. See, today we pay homage to great writers on this show. We got Mike Mitchell coming up, <laughs> Jeff Perlman reading his book again now that the USFL's coming back, and the writers of the XFL. Oh, John McKenzie, too. Reveal, CFL. And, and yeah, John McKenzie of the <laughs> of the angry CFL fan booked him. Yeah, yes, sure. great writers. Uh, what was your favorite you today. video, do you think? Man, they were all so For good. The, for the XFL name reveals, yeah, go back and watch them all, everyone. We we retweeted them all. Uh, they're still out there. But I remember uh, really popping huge for the Dallas Renegades and for the uh, New York Guardians video. So it would be between those two. Yeah, Wildcats probably. I did like cool the Wildcats. Too. Wildcats yes. too. Like, like, like a good cat. Cat. Those, that was good. Yes. But. Go check those out. Also, real quick CFL note, uh, things are moving along. Saskatchewan uh, looks to be good to go for fans by July. What, what the Rough Riders do is another thing, but uh, another province moving along towards 70% uh, fully vaccinated people. They're on the road, so news coming out from Canada that, that they're looking good in that regard. So uh, that's good news. But, of course, we have a lot of the teams on the eastern side of Canada where not as many more people live. So not as many people are vaccinated just yet. And that is the threshold uh, for Winnipeg those rulings I think from too, the local just governments. Just let like 500 people into the jets game this past week. So yeah, I mean the least did too, well. right for game seven, but that didn't do them any good. And they were all healthcare wor- workers. So well, it's also I, the Leafs in game seven. Nothing would have helped them. Yeah, I, I felt bad for all those frontline workers that, you know, they deserve to be at a game seven. But unfortunately, it was to watch the Leafs do Leafs, the Leafs in game. The Leafs seven. do Leafs. This the is Leafs not a hockey will, show. The Leafs will this be is, Leafs. This is not a hockey show, but <laughs> what is it? The Leafs know, is the Leafs. That's what it is. The Leafs is the Leafs. Uh, but hail to Canada. And yeah, we'll be continuing to cover the most also, anticipated thought, CFL season in XFL history. I would have bet my spot on this show that the plural of elk was elk. I don't know. There's I think an S. it is. I saw a lot of people on Twitter res- respond. Elk is already plural, but whatever. Elks is fun. Elks, I guess. Elk hounds, elk hounds would have been, been great. Way better. Yeah. I don't know what they're thinking. Uh, real quick, part two of the cover two here, and then we'll scoot on to our good crisp interview. Uh, former XFLers in the news. You got 
Josh Johnson getting cut by the 49ers. So, bummer for him. I'm sure he'll land on another team because he always does. Hopefully in the XFL or the USFL um, or the NFL. I just want to see the guy play. Definitely want to see him get another crack as a starter in one of the spring leagues because on his way to MVP possibly. Uh, I know a lot of people love what PJ was doing. PJ Walker, the second greatest walker to play in a spring football league. Call the plays. Call there. Call the plays. No, no, no. Stop yes. that. Stop that. He's, Just call the plays. Classic Josh Johnson there. Uh, and also Martez Carter, friend of the show and another Wildcat, signed to play in the indoor football league, it's called. With yeah, I did some research Pirates. on this. The Massachusetts Pirates. Uh, kind of legit. They have a quite a few teams. They even have like a whole process for you to uh, to become a franchise owner. Oh, you have to have a good credit score, so I was out. But um, um, well, I, I built mine up. I'm I'm good to go. Who yeah. do I call? Yeah, let's <laughs> so, go. Uh, but I mean, it, it, I'm looking to look. I'm reps. Looking to put my That's money all these players in different are places. For. Players are yeah, st- hoping to stay in shape, looking for reps, looking for tape, just until the next opportunity gets there. And hopefully, this will lead to another opportunity uh, somewhere down the line for Martez Carter. Six to the boy. Six to the boy. I'm going to have to check that out. And, of course, reminder, European uh, or European League of American Football, ELF, right? Is it European League Football? European uh, it's League It's acronym ELF. ELF. <laughs> it's coming in like a week, right? They kick off on like the 16th or the 19th, week and a half. We got our eyeballs on it. We'll be watching that and uh, commenting at XFL show for sure. European League dot football. Yes, that's their website. It's very classy. Very nice. We will be watching that. And uh, stay tuned for uh, more commentary. June 19th. So it's a couple weeks away. Yeah, a couple weeks away. So, yeah, Father's Day weekend. For that. I mean, you got what a great week that could be. That could be the week the Canadian government says CFL's on for August and we have that European League starting. And hopefully. Some more USFL and XFL news. We got a lot of things, a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of things moving, a lot of things to keep our eyeballs on. And good thing uh, we're here each and every single week to put it all in front of you so you could stay informed, stay entertained on this long road to XFL kickoff and in this crazy football world we live in. And without people like our next guest, Bryant, we would have no idea what's going on because this guy's a bulldog when it comes to just getting any morsel of information we can get as XFL fans, especially. And he's been doing it since the XFL was re- announced to return, you know, back in 2018. He has been, and we're going to have our first good crisp interview in quite some time. It's with Mike Mitchell, like we've mentioned earlier. I, I just picture Mike Mitchell, you know, like those guys with the axes and the outdoor games trying to get through these NDAs, just hacking away, <laughs> trying to get through what he can. Um, but either way, uh, we get some good insights. I learned some things with this interview that I didn't know before. I'm sure Alan did too. So if we did, I'm sure you will. So make sure you check out this full interview uh, with Mike Mitchell. Yes, yes, it's it's going to give you a lot. A lot of the stuff that we've alluded to over the last few uh, couple months. Uh, Mike does a really job, good job of clarifying a lot of uh, the, the issues we've been talking about with CFL XFL alignment timetables the possibilities of what the new XFL will look like when it comes to the teams, the cities, the stadiums. So much information for you. Coming up right here, it's time for another Good Crisp interview. Good Crisp football. 
It is the one. It is the only. It is the Jet Presses and XFL News Hubs, Mike Mitchell. Mike, welcome back to the show. Uh, it's great to be back. Thank you, guys. It's been a long journey that for us three goes back to 2001, believe it or not. Yeah, that's oh damn! I didn't realize it's that long. It's a lot of, a lot of waiting for just a spring football league to stick. And this week, we get uh, the announcement of another one coming up. But before we even get to the USFL, Mike, I wanted to mainly bring you on here at first to talk about some of the articles you've written as of late that got a lot of people talking. You wrote the first honest take, I think, from anybody covering the XFL saying that really this thing's probably not happening until 2023. You brought us all into the reality of the situation whenever things stopped with the XFL's 2022 plans, and then they started talking to the CFL. So do you still believe this now a few months later? And where do you think things are at right now with the XFL and CFL alignment? Well, there are a lot of a lot to unfold there. But really, as far as 2023, two goes i mean it's very simple you know as far as reading the tea leaves look at the calendar um the xfls are far far away from being ready to launch in 2022 everyone's in denial they don't even myself i would love to see the xfl be on the field in 2022 but based on conversations that i've had and just looking at the the landscape um what and especially what they have planned um there's not going to be the, an XFL season in 2022. Nobody wants to hear that. I get it. I don't even like to hear it myself, but it's just the truth of the matter. As far as the current talks go, you know, I think a big focus for everyone has been on the football side because it's a lot of fun to talk about three downs and four downs and end zones and all that stuff, the rouge. Um, but I think the the real focus of the talks right now and from what I know, is the business side. And I think sometimes, you know, oftentimes we have a tendency to ignore corporate speak. So when you see statements from a, like chairwoman Danny Garcia or uh, XFL president Jeffrey Pollack or Randy Ambrosi, and you see the verbiage they use, sometimes you overlook it and try to look beyond what they're saying. But I would suggest people go back to those statements back in March and look specifically at what was written and what was said. And in line with that, I would focus on the term alignment and what I think is brewing, developing and what I know and from what I've heard. And admittedly, it's difficult right now with all the NDAs. You have to um, swim through all the vague terms and code language and everything else. But I think both leagues are working on and this might be a little bit shocking to people um, on existing under the same umbrella both the XFL and CFL under what would be, I would now this part is speculative, what could be a parent company structure with the XFL and CFL operating under the same umbrella and at least initially as different leagues, but during the same time. But what would that mean exactly, right? So it's a merger of both leagues and both businesses. So what you would, what would come from that is sharing in marketing, promotion, TV deals, streaming deals, everything. Now, I know we're really, we want the football side, right? And so that may come over time and that might be the next step, but that's what's going on right now between both sides. They're narrowing down the options and they're leaning on their analysis and analysis to break down what are the best options for them moving forward together. I don't think we're going to have that, you know, immediately until 2023. And I don't think we're going to get that announcement 
until probably, I know this is hard, we've waited very long, until the end of this year in, in that neighborhood is where we'll probably get an announcement uh, of what these two leagues are going to do together. I mean, Mike, we're in 2018 all over again is what I've told Alan. And many times it's, you know, last year was somewhat like 2018. Now we're back in 2018 again. It's, you know, December, we'll, we'll get something, I'm sure, before the end of the year. Uh, but I, I firmly believe, and, I, and you're more in the weeds than I am, and you, we say weeds, it's, you need a machete to get through all what they're saying to, to figure something out. But I will say that I don't think all this is being done for a retweet by each other's leagues, right? This isn't being done to like say, Hey, make sure you catch the CFL this Saturday. There's more to it. I get what you're saying where it's not, maybe not to play on the field. Okay. That's fine. But it's definitely more than just, Hey, make sure you watch the CFL this Sunday. Yeah. It's going to be a lot more than that. Like imagine a scenario where, I don't know, like um, if you think of parent companies like Anheuser-Busch with like Budweiser and Stella or uh, Stella Artois beer and stuff like that. Imagine a scenario where both leagues operate at the same time and during the course of a week, they don't interfere with one another's games, but during the course of a week, they're on the same networks, same streaming services. Imagine 2022 where there are several documentary shows that are following The Rock, Danny Garcia, Jeffrey Pollack, all the CFL teams, all the XFL teams as they reform and reshape. Um, we, you know, we might see an additional XFL team. We could see some changes around the margins with some of the teams in terms of where they play, what stadiums they play in. The thing to remember with this, and I'm sure we'll get into the USFL and the Spring League and everything they're doing, is the XFL's plans are extremely lofty. They want to be great right out the gate. So they're not taking any second chances here. They want to make an excellent first impression, and they're looking to be more than just your standard football league. They want to take a lot of what the XFL had in 2020 and enhance that, uh, cultivate that through through all different elements. So they want to be more than just a standard get on the field and play, because quite frankly, if they wanted to, they could have been in hub cities playing. They could have Fox was waiting for them. To, to, to come back quickly and all that. And they could have done that type of same system that the spring league is doing right now, but their design is to be a year round league where there's year round content created and distributed um, uh, internationally for both leagues and where they both benefit together. So you'd have to figure that out from the ownership structure. But I, I think the misconception that people have is that this is a takeover, that the XFL is going to do like uh, what the WWF did to WCW. Uh, that's not what's happening here. This is like a true partnership that they're working on. This isn't a strip the Canadian game down. You're going to play our American style and it's all over. So what they're planning on doing is going to take a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of planning and a lot of money. So and that's a 2023 thing maybe in April, uh, more so than a 2022 thing. And a lot of patience, too, on the side of the fans. And, you know, with a CFL season hopefully starting in August, that'll that'll distract us a little. We'll, we, us in the States can learn a little bit more about that league and get prepared for 2023. Of course, you have the NFL season, and then you have this show, and Mike's reporting, and lots of markers to hit on this road to 2023, Mike. So I'm here for it. I know you're here for it. Bryant's all about it. He doesn't even want the season to ever start because this is his favorite part about it is the league building. And this is a jumbo sort of league or entity. I don't even know if you could call this thing a league, what the CFL and XFL end up putting together collectively 
two separate leagues under the same banner, uh, something we haven't seen before. But are you hearing and before we move on to the USFL, are you hearing anything else? I know there are a lot of NDAs that uh, us people like us are trying to blast through, but they are I mean, they are impenetrable pretty much. These are these are strong. All we're getting are pictures of, of pictures in bathrooms on Instagram. <laughs> anything else you want to tell us about sure. the you alignment know, talks? Before we get to the USFL, you know, all three of us have our ear to the grindstone and, and, you know, we hear a lot of different stuff. Recently, people have been focusing on the gambling bills that are in play in Canada. And it's led some people to believe that, hey, the CFL, they get this gambling stuff going. They're just going to break off talks with the XFL. So uh, with that in mind, I reached out to people inside uh, in, in the higher up positions uh, in the XFL, the current XFL structure. And it's hogwash. There's no breaking off of talks or uh, they're going to move in a different direction. These two leagues are moving forward. It's just a question of what structure they move forward under. Under As far as any other developments, it's going to take a while. You know, we're, we, we've, we've gone through this game before. And unfortunately, the XFL's absence creates an opening for other leagues to emerge. And I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah, that's that's time to get into that because we said I think even last week, Bryant, we were talking about how okay, we know spring football is going to work for someone. It's just a, a matter of who who finally hits that home run and and who keeps t- who's taking swings at it. And you've got this week the USFL, Fox, and the ownership of the spring league uh, taking a, a seemingly bigger swing than they're taking right now with the spring league. So let's get into it. Enter the USFL. The basics we know right now, Mike, are are these what uh, Brian Woods of the the Spring League. The he runs the Spring League. He got ownership of the USFL IP, right? The all the intellectual property, at least the logos and some of the right. team names. That's what we know. He's in partnership with Fox now, who will be a minority owner of the USFL. And they've also said that most of the logos of the old teams in the USFL, you're your stars and your generals, your bandits, we don't know exactly which uh, are going to be a part of this. So anything else you dig up on this really uh, vague announcement they made that got us all talking and watching a video of Doug Flutie explain what the USFL was to all the young people? Yeah, (laughs) a few uh, a few months back, I actually wrote an article about how the Spring League was planting seeds and taking baby steps to fill the void that's currently out there because of the XFL's absence and uncertainty. So um, they, this plan has been in place for a while, and they want to become a fully-fledged league in markets with cities, stadiums, ticket sales. Uh, hopefully with the pandemic, we're getting towards that. We're 100% capacity and all that. So when that raises the stakes for what the Spring League currently is. And you know, from everything I've heard so far, uh, talking with people today, the Spring League would take a backseat, obviously, to the USFL and it would go back to being what it was before uh, the showcase kind of scouting deal where, um, and the USFL obviously would be front and center on Fox in 2022. They already have the generals, right? So like you can see by my hat, two of my favorite football teams of all time are the New York jets and the New Jersey generals. And uh, as a kid growing up, I was a huge Herschel Walker fan. And so I used to stack pillows on my bed and dive over it and pretend I was doing a goal line leap. So (laughs) I'm excited about the possibility of the generals heading back to New Jersey. You never know, playing a Red Bull arena or something crazy like that. Um, It's going to be fun. There's a lot of goodwill with that name, even though it's been gone for a long time. Um, 
it's a monumental task. I mean, to be honest, the TSL, the Spring League, as it's currently constituted, is not, it's a league in name only. You know, anytime you have a professional outfit that doesn't actually pay your players, you're not treating them like professionals or you're making the players pay to play. Um, until you change that model, you're not a real league. Well, this next step is leading them towards being that. So, and you know, you, they, they're, they're in a baby steps approach. They're a little bit different than the XFL. The XFL's let's be great right out the gate on a massive scale. They're taking little baby steps along the way. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll be, they're not going to be like the original USFL where they all of a sudden start going after college superstars and paying big time salaries and all that. It'll be modest kind of bare bones kind of thing, you know, early stages, but Fox and the investors that are involved, Brian Woods has a group of investors that publicly, I haven't figured out who they are, but publicly they haven't really released that have been also along for the ride now. And those entities are going to have to put in some significant capital because even if you are bare bones, you have to pay for travel, f- facilities, everything else that uh, running a pro football league entails. So that's going to be costly. And that's when you enter a different realm and the game changes. But it's fun. I'm a nostalgia guy. So it's fun to think of the possibility of the bandits and the generals and everybody else, the stallions and maybe the Denver gold um, and uh, all these types of teams making their return. Uh, It's great for the landscape. I think the XFL proved last year there's so much quality in terms of players and coaches that um, there's plenty of room for it. I think that AAF XFL battle that we thought was coming in 2020 might be coming in 2023 when the XFL returns, although we're going to have to wait and see where the USFL lands on the calendar and where the XFL lands on the calendar. That could be interesting. We're not going to see uh, either way. I don't think we're going to see a late February XFL launch in 2023. Well, I like the, the, the main thing I took out of that. What you just said, Mike, is that you used your pillows as dummies. Cause I use that the same thing. I would suplex my pillows all day long <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, I'm going to get into this a little bit here and Alan and I are in the hot read, but <laughs> Timing. We always talk about timing, and I, and I don't really know if you can give any spring league enough time to do it right or to not feel rushed. Or because the AAF came in ten months with names, with with jerseys, with coaches, and everything, and it felt rushed. The XFL gave themselves a little bit of time, but you know, right up until the very end, it felt rushed because of the rules and the way those came out. And it just seems like two years wasn't enough time. What is the USFL going to do? Now that they have about 10 months, because let's just assume a, for a, an April kickoff-ish, I would assume, since they said spring, with no coaches, no anything like that, is it a hub type thing? Right. You say small steps, is that what they're gaining to, uh, going towards for 2022? Some sort of hub city thing? Yeah, no, it's a very good question, Brian. I think that they're planning on selling tickets to games and being in actual markets. Um in 2022 whether or not they get there is contingent upon the world changing around us which is getting better it looks like the nfl is moving towards 100 percent capacity at least in most of their stadiums if not all so that's what they're hoping um we'll see you know it's funny because the spring league and fox have developed a relationship because of the xfl fox's experience with the xfl last year is what led them to work with the spring league and um, they were on hand for all the sessions that the XFL had, their X labs and everything else with TSL. And since the XFL has different plans here, um, that the T- TSL is a low risk proposition for Fox up until this point. 
Now, once you start going to becoming a fully fledged league in markets, that's where the game changes. So Fox might have to take more of a stake there. Brian Woods has had some issues in the past trying to operate uh, pro leagues. Even on a smaller scale, so it the game changes a lot. They're going to have to put in some decent capital to make it work. Being on Fox is a big help to to the USFL. Um, they're doing decent viewership numbers right now. It's nothing to it's not in the level where the XFL was, but they do a few hundred thousand viewers uh, on their cable games and and their network games on Saturdays. So and their season's about to wrap up. You're right though, Brian, in the time frame. They're going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting to get if they want to be a fully fledged league to get it up running correctly. Um they might have to borrow from the XFL a little bit because the XFL was cost efficient too with centralized training camp and trying to limit travel and having a, an extra team just for uh practice squad players so you have players at the ready to come up. I think it's great for players and coaches. Either any way you slice it, uh, you're going to have uh um more notoriety, more recognition, and more opportunities for these players. And that's what all three of us love about leagues like the XFL. Yeah, I, th- I think my biggest – I have no problem with what the USFL is doing. I think they're 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 trying – they're taking baby steps, like you said. My biggest problem with what the AF doing was Charlie Ebersol coming out here with his TED Talk, making it sound like this is all hunky-dory. It's like, bro, you got 10, 10 months to make this happen. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. So with the USFL, I feel a little bit better. <laughs> Uh, I am curious to what's going to happen in 2023 when these two leagues have to kind of compete for the same players. No, I was saying, will they be in the same markets? You know, will they be, you know, the XFL went out of their way not to compete with the Alliance in their markets. They, they specifically stayed away because they, they thought about the reality that they would be playing at the same time. So it made no sense to have two teams in San Diego, Orlando, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, those were definitely locations that were in consideration for the XFL until the AAF snapped them up. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see where the USFL goes with their teams, whether they take the non-NFL market uh, model or, or whether or not they, they try to get a jump on some of those markets that the XFL was having success in. Uh, I don't know, two St. Louis teams, that might be a little crazy. <laughs> I think St. Louis is ready for that, though. They, they're down. I know, Knowing those fans, they're, they're ready for that. They'd, they'd enjoy it, two teams, in the, play, both playing in the battle dome maybe. But uh, – Interesting, too, you say the XFL stayed away from the, the cities. I mean, maybe that's why Tampa Bay got the Vipers and not Orlando, which just seems like a home run of a city for the XFL. Um, but that that it ended up being in Tampa anyway. But that's that's history. Let's look forward now. You have the USFL, which is a I mean, d- done the right way by Fox is a brand that could be really embraced especially with how people love nostalgia these days, especially with, you know, how cool the USFL honestly was in the eighties. And now the Fox has that to play with and promote. Uh, There's a legit competitor. That's not the AAF. Like Brian said, this is different. Something you should respect as a competitor. If you're the uh, owners of the XFL. So does that make this CFL partnership even more imperative to Danny Garcia, Dwayne Johnson and Redbird capital, Mike, because now there's competition out there, not only the stigma of spring football, but actual competition from a big network and a pretty good brand. Yeah, this is serious competition, more so than uh, what we saw with the Alliance. I mean, if, if the Fox is genuine and Woods and his group is genuine about actually putting money into the league and they're going to be in markets, uh, 
we got a chance to have a pretty heated battle between both leagues here. I think the the XFL is looking to have multiple partners and they want to go beyond just being on a, say, an NBC or CBS or, you know, a Fox or whatever. They, they actually, you know, I think we're starting to see that in the NFL too right now. There's so many streaming partners. The world's changed a lot in the last few years. Um, between the Hulus and the HBO Maxes and the Netflix and everybody else, you've got hundreds of millions of subscribers on Netflix alone. Disney Pluses, all these. I think all those streaming networks are in play. I think um, 2022 is going to be interesting for the XFL because they're going to, if they're not playing, they're going to have to legitimately build up momentum and they're going to have to put in play those streaming shows and content shows that I mentioned and build up anticipation for the XFL's Mm -hmm. launch with the CFL, however they work that out. Um, uh, So yes, this CFL thing is pretty big for the XFL. And they're looking to go global. They want, they want a lot of times with these smaller leagues, when you have only eight markets, you all, you know, outside of the Ohio's or whatever that'll watch for Cardell Jones, you don't have the outreach. Your tentacles don't reach everywhere. So it's one of the reasons why these smaller leagues struggle sometimes to not get great ratings because they only have eight markets that are interested in their league for the most part. And then if you're doing something globally and your outreach is all over the United States and et cetera, then you're looking to expand your audience. And I think Redbird is in this, you know, their partnerships through the years with the Yankees, now Red Sox and everything else and uh, everything in between Cowboys. They're looking to profit and create as many revenue streams as possible. Um, So I I think uh, both leagues have lofty goals, but they're going about it a different way. We'll see which one's right when the time comes. Yeah, you have kind of like now the USFL model seems kind of similar to what 2001 XFL was with partnership with a network and, and an ownership group. And then you have this completely new approach uh, with the XFL maybe aligning with the CFL and a global outreach uh, plan with a lot of, you know, when it, 21st century tactics when it comes to marketing and, and showing the showing the game off. And, and it's going to be really interesting to see, Mike. I'm just I'm just hoping that this competition forces one of the leagues to take a swing like a, a player like a Herschel Walker into one of these leagues just to have that guy in this league over the other league. That might end up being one thing we see, hopefully. That's where, you know, that's where the XFL was headed. That's like the sad part about the XFL in 2020 is we were just scratching the surface on that college player aspect. You know, it started a little bit with Kenny Robinson, who got drafted into the NFL. But we were going to see that expand over the years. And it was going to get to the point where they were going to go start going after freshmen and sophomores and all that become a viable alternative for college players who want to get paid earlier and then maybe make their move into the NFL. And Kenny Robinson was kind of setting the example for what guys in the transfer mm-hmm. portal and players like that can do. And now he's on an NFL roster. So I think the USFL, you know, they're not ready for that big budget, the current USFL that is. They're not ready for that big budget play. But I bet you Brian Woods, who's a huge football fan like we are, he's more like us than he is like Jerry Cardinal and Redbird and all that. He's, you know, <laughs> uh, he does. He, right now yeah. he's got the financial backing <laughs> to help him out somewhat. We'll see how far that money goes. But he I, he knows the lessons of the USFL, and I'm sure that somewhere in his mind and somewhere in their thinking, they're thinking down the road, maybe we can target college players, go about it a little bit differently, 
than uh, the USFL did. They changed yeah. the game really by going after the Herschel Walkers and everybody else. So, uh, but I think both leagues might have that design over time. You know, the NCAA doesn't really treat their players very well. I know there's still battles right now going on, whether or not those kids can make money off their likeness and everything else. And perhaps, you know, a league of culture like the XFL plans on being and was, and maybe the USFL will look to uh, reward young college football players and give them an opportunity to play professionally and get paid. And so that's going to be an interesting dynamic to follow as things move forward. Yeah, great time to be a, a player and a podcaster. Just USFL, be careful which billionaires you get involved this time around. <laughs> be very careful. Brian, you got anything left for Mike? You think you could squeeze one more scoop out of him before you let him go? He I'll knows so up. many things he can't tell us. Right, he does. I just, just I, I hate that so much just because it helped me do uh, what I love to do best is just talk about leagues. You know, we, <laughs> during the football season, if you want to hide stuff from me, go ahead. Right now is where I love. Uh, no, Mike, you're doing great work, man. I appreciate you stepping in here and 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 and, and having Thank some you. chat, uh, spending some time to chat with us. Uh, if you got anything else, I'll leave it to you, man. If you, the floor is yours. Um, I, I think we're good on that. I'm looking forward to CFL season, by the way. I just want to say, like, I know Alan's been following the CFL last few years. I'm sure you have too, Brian. I, I, one of the best benefits to this whole thing, all these talks, collaboration, everything else, is that guys like us, more Americans, more XFL fans. I, I find XFL fans are some of the best football fans out there. They're diehard football fans that really love the draft process, love college football, and have an open mind about other leagues. And I think these CFL talks is going to open up, except open up, and more American fans are going to sample and try to find how they can watch CFL games and look forward to seeing the Argos. I'm an Argos guy from way back when, so I can't wait for the CFL season to start. And, you know, that whole Doug Flutie, New Jersey Generals, Toronto Argonauts tie in is, you know, is in my blood. So um, I'm looking forward to the season. I think it's it's fun to see these leagues emerge and um, and and be strong and healthy. And that's the the hope for everyone who's a a huge football fan. My sentiments. Exactly, Mike. Just more football for all of us. XFL fans, the best football fans, you ask, if you ask me, because we follow football even when they're not even playing it, baby. And that's what we've been doing. <laughs> and whenever you get a scoop or you write something awesome like you have been the last couple months since these alignment talks have started, man, you're keeping us all informed and entertained just as much as we do here on the show. So we appreciate you. Uh, my, my favorite football writer in America easily. So appreciate you joining joining us again mike thank you you got you guys are awesome man we've been we've been on this ride together for so long you guys have been so loyal so many people came out of the woodwork and covered the league and that's cool you know the more the merrier um anybody who's an advocate for this league that's great but you guys are originals like i said back since 2001 i listened to your show every week in 2018 when there was nothing to talk about so i know you guys are good at stretching the soup it looks like we might have to stretch it a little more But um, I really appreciate you guys having me on. What do you want to unpack from that good crisp interview first, Brian? Mike Mitchell, everybody. (laughs) Isn't he awesome? I mean, first and foremost, confirming a lot of the things I've been telling Brian, like it's been all business between the CFL and the XFL as of late. No football talk just yet. All speculation. No confirmation (laughs) there. All info, Mike's fighting hard to get us, and that was great. Thank you to him. And, uh, yeah, it's we got to unpack this, Brian. Yeah. we got so much to get to. So much to get to. Thank you again, Mike Mitchell, for being on the show. Remember to follow him on Twitter at 
by Mike Mitchell. Uh, he gives you a lot of insight, not just in spring league football, but even in the NFL, he gives a lot of, uh, he's a big draft guy too. That'll love it. Oh yeah. He, he, he's nonstop hard worker. If you're a Jets fan, especially uh, follow Mike. And uh, we look forward to having him on the, the program Probably very soon again because he's he's also got a I a great podcast voice. I was enjoying just hearing him talk. Haven't talked to him in so long. I think last time we talked to him was like either right at the pandemic or right before it. It's been a while. It was during the pandemic. It was after the yeah. season was uh, postponed. We talked to him yes. as as fan of the show for the Guardians, but really Mike deserves a lot more credit than that for what he does. Oh so. hell yeah! Thank you again. Mike Mitchell and Alan, I've been podcasting with you for almost 10 years now, and you haven't said that about my voice ever. 10 years? Since 31, what is what are we at now? Uh, 38 this year. Oh, he's talking WrestleMania. Yeah, sorry. So that's, yeah, that's so seven years. Two inside baseball. It's been, yeah, podcasting. Yeah, it's been a while. What what do you want me to refer you as? Podcast partner? I I want you to be honest. And to me, you've never said that my voice was worth listening to. Oh no, I won't say that about you. Yeah, that's that's that that's gonna take some some more effort on your part. But what do you say we unpack some of the things he said and really talk about this USFL as well? Uh, the USFL news, our own thoughts on it. We really got some of the baseline information from Mike, and now we could have a, a little bit more fun with it in this week's hot read. So. Brian, the the stuff we got from Mike Mitchell there on the CFL-XFL alignment talks made it seem like what they're trying to do, at least on the XFL's part, is a lot bigger than the announcement we got today from the USFL. So knowing what we know about the XFL and their plans with alignment with the CFL, being a global brand, a year-long brand, as Mike Mitchell said, uh, what do you make of the USFL saying they're returning and it's affiliated with ownership of the Spring League and Fox Sports? Can you say the league name one more time? The Spring League. No, no, no. The one before that. The USFL. Okay. I don't know. Sometimes Why? you say it a little weird. It just sounds weird coming out of your mouth. Sometimes. USFL? Yeah. That, see, that sounds weird. That one sounds weird. You know, today my <laughs> wife all day long was like, wait, how do you say this? It's really a mouthful, USFL. I said, USFL, yeah. United States Football League. USFL. USFL. See, USFL. don't say it like that. Don't say it like that. Anyway. You're saying it like a street fighter announcer. USFL. USFL. Yeah, that's how you're supposed to say it. USFL. All right. You know, I'll do anyway. it more radio announcer. Uh, what, what's the question? What do I think about the, the USFL returning? Yeah, we see, we see the XFLs going big with alignment talks, collaborations, and you have, you know, Huge personalities at ownership, and then you have the USFL making a very low-key announcement of its return today. And you know the players involved too are the Spring League, which, let's be honest, is more of a less of a league and more of a player showcase. It really is, and that's what we've harped on this show, um, except for uh, Brandon Silver's today tearing it up, taking them apart. Looking good, looking good, um, and that's what that's what the Spring League's for, right? It's to make players look good. I think naturally as an XFL fan, uh, you start harkening back to when the AAF made their announcement about a year before their Deja vu off, all, all that stuff, again. right? <laughs> it, it was, um, at first I just was like, mm, you know, 
But what the, what are the differences? That's kind of what I hope. Because you know what? In all honesty, I gave the AAF a chance until Charlie Ebersaw came on the, came on his TED talk, and I think I just went over it with Mike Mitchell. But we are committed to a long term yeah. vision. <laughs> Take those off again. Uh, regardless, the AAF was the AAF. The, the AAF <laughs> is is just no longer there because of the way they kind of went into all this. They went whole hum. They made themselves feel bigger than they were, which props to them for trying, but they just did not have a financial backing that was stable enough to get them through the season. Then they turned to another person who was like, this is worse off. I'm getting out of this. I'm stopping you guys because I don't want to spend the money on this. (laughs) And now his team is um, a couple wins away from the Stanley Cup semifinals. So, look... USFL is taking their time with announcements. Seems like they're a little bit more controlled with their expectations of what their first season is going to be. And I think if they take the spring league approach, not so much with the players, but how they market themselves, they can slowly build themselves up to something rather than being something big right out of the gates. Yeah, so Mike Mitchell tells us baby steps for the USFL while the XFL is looking to do things big. And that, as XFL fans, we love that. But as USFL fans, uh, what what can you do with that brand? It's uh, I saw also Jeff Perlman on uh, put out a response uh, article on Deadspin today, uh, and he said you can't bring the USFL back unless you have three things. And I think he said it was um, a lot of cocaine. I uh, forget the one, the one other thing and Donald Trump <laughs> and. I mean, just knowing that this was like a renegade type league, right? It was a it was a grand idea, and this announcement was not grand. It was very under the radar. It was really just a Fox thing. It was all over their network during the spring league broadcast, and their the main way they announced this, which I thought was interesting, was just Doug Flutie in a social media video wearing a a really badass general. Flutie hat. did it. He did it. Yes. Flutie did one. Yeah, there's a Doug Flutie video just talking about what the USFL was, what it is, saying it's it's real football, everyone. It's real. It's pro football. And yeah, we. But for younger people who have no idea what it is, that was an. If that's the way you're like presenting what the USFL was to people, I don't. That is a baby step. That is not a. I think a a really. What's what's the word? I guess. cerebral way of approaching the marketing for this for this new 2022 league and oh my god what a timeline now what are we 10 months away from when they would kick off well we don't know let's be be real we don't know when they're planning on kicking off he said spring but that could mean a lot of things so we'll we'll leave it at that so not Um, impressed that i'm gonna say at least as someone who's crazy excited for the prospect of the usfl being an actual league again I'm not impressed with how they rolled it out today with just kind of out of the blue announcement, no pomp, no circumstance, no explanation of what it is at all. And also the fact that it's tied to the Spring League. I mean, Mike Mitchell made it sound like the Spring League will take a step back and be its own thing that maybe feeds the USFL. But I don't know how that happens it seems like the easier thing is that they just rebrand the spring league and maybe give it a, a little bit of bump, maybe put them, put the teams in different cities and make them, you know, play in a traditional Touring football league, league. Maybe I don't know. It, that, it's, that's the interesting part of it to me is the spring league's affiliation with this. The Fox affiliation is great for exposure and promotion, but 
The Spring League being involved makes me think this is going to be, as someone once said about the USFL, small potatoes. Uh, you're right. I, I don't. I'm not. Wasn't too impressed with what they had to offer. Right when Vince McMahon in 2018 came out, you you felt impressed. You didn't feel deceived. You just felt impressed that he had a plan, that he had an idea. And, and even Charlie Ebersole, Brian, at least he came out and said, we're yeah. committed to a long-term vision. We want to yeah. do a, a long-term football spring league. We think spring football can work. The USFL just came out and said today, hey, this old thing you love is back. And we're all like, yeah, all the old things we love are back. Rugrats, <laughs> you know what he did? Frazier, yeah, everything. That's what I'm saying. Friends <laughs> reunion. Oh, my God, Friends. yes. Oh, they're just going to sit and talk about it? Well, that's kind of weird. That's, Wait, that's, that's Matthew Perry? Oh, man. I love yeah, him. Yeah, so uh, I think he's giving people a little bit, you know, or they are giving people a little bit. What the USFL will actually be, who knows? Would it be the Spring League with the USFL names and the same kind of concept we're seeing this year? To me, personally, I know Mike Mitchell saying otherwise, and I trust his judgment over mine, but me personally seeing that makes me feel like this is going to be a hub city thing again where you have two cities where that are hosting teams Bubbles. that are maybe, yeah. you know, maybe not necessarily bubbles depending on how things are back, you know, in a year or so, but, but these host cities are going to be able to, um, you know, hold the USFL teams for now, right? We're going to have the generals and whoever it is out there being these teams and maybe just call it the USFL. So people understand and recognize it. Fox. And also they announced the the, part of the announcement today from the, the Fox press release was that the, Many of the old names and logos will be utilized. They did not say cities. And like Mike Most. said, I mean, we look, yeah, we learned a lot today. Mike said, you got to look into that corporate speak a little, try to read between the lines. They do say stuff with these, the, the kind of wording they use. It's very deliberate. Not using cities seems deliberate. So maybe, yeah, it's like the Spring League where they're playing in hubs. But now you're going to have fancy USFL nostalgia. Uh, and that's going to maybe hook some people. But will it really? Because the USFL was, yeah, quirky names, quirky logos in NFL cities. Uh, that, that's that's the thing you're missing. And also, you know, with some recognizable players. And I also feel seeing this, you know, I, I totally anticipated some sort of competition for the XFL and spring football. I just think it's going to be attempted from now until the end of time until someone gets it right. Someone's going to get it right real soon. So the USFL taking another swing at it makes sense to me. But the way it is uh, coming together does seem like they're... It's odd, though, right? We say baby steps, but then again, they're doing it. They're putting this whole thing together in less than a year. That's going to be a real small step because it's essentially has... If it is only 10 months... It has to be the spring league. It has to I just wanted to be say what it the is AAF now. had coaches and team names when they made their initial announcement. Not maybe not names, but cities. Um, the AAF had a lot, so give them their credit there, where they just seem more prepared than whatever this is. Um, looking at the names, I mean, some of these you hope come back. I think we've said that a few times, but oh, Tampa way. Bay Bandits just need. I need that in my life for sure. That would be great. The Michigan Panthers. That just seems weird. Um, Look, the USFL, what do I think of it in terms of how this affects the XFL is, I guess, the way we should really put it. Is it more competition? Yes. Do you want that? Obviously not. Does competition make you better? Hell yeah, it does. So I'm not afraid in that sense. Alan, you and I were talking about this. It just seems like a, um, 
a steaming pile right now. Not saying it won't change into something better, but an XFL CFL type work or merger or whatever it would what would uh, would be, will be seems like it would just kind of poo poo on whatever this USFL thing is right now, uh, just because of the the planning in, in terms place. of the the quality of the play and I think the promotion you're you're saying. Yeah. I mean the 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 level of of the leagues would just be i think if you look at where they're at right now would be almost apples and oranges um because what really this is also we don't really know what the usfl's goals are we just know that, that fox wants football in the spring they now have a ownership stake in it so we'll see how much they actually invest in it uh, compared to what they're doing now but Fox just knows, okay, we could score a rating with football. We have consistency with football. We have a brand now that's recognizable. What can we do with this? I think they're calling a lot of this in the ring, on the fly. To be honest, this feels like the AAF announcement. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Alan, maybe all, like, since this is a football again. show, maybe they're calling out an audible. I don't know if they're calling. They're calling an audible. You think what they got the spring league this year? They said, wait, let's let's. Use this guy has the the intellectual property to the USFL. Let's use Brian Woods' USFL license. No, I think this was like Mike Mitchell told us earlier. I believe he said, you know, a lot of this was planned and has been in the works for a minute. Uh, the USFL being brought back in some form or fashion, at least the branding and all the all the property. Which I mean, come on, you have a chance to buy some Denver Gold merch? Hell yes. I'm all over that. Uh, but Philly Stars, do it. They were good. Uh, but the the thing about this is the XFL, w- what their plans are seem bigger. And we know what their actual plans are. I mean, we don't know their full plan, but we know some of it. The USFL just kind of was like a teaser. It wasn't even a trailer. It was like a, a teaser trailer to what they'll be. Um, and interested, to, of course, to see it and want it to flourish and i want to see the usfl be a thing in our our lives in 2021 because i think it's cool as hell but when it comes to the xfl i just think the xfl is propped up with the people behind it to be bigger uh the idea of forming an alignment with the cfl gives you access to i think just big bigger games better players uh uh more interesting uh league structure and I just like the idea better. And how you respond to the USFL news, uh, Bryant, is another interesting question we'll, we'll end on here. Uh, because the XFL has the USFL very much in the same situation, the AAF, coming coming in and kind of stealing your thunder. Uh, you're, you know, officially the XFL's not out for 2022, but that's looking pretty much impossible, very unlikely. In 2023, like we've said, is the more likely option for a kickoff for the return of the XFL. So with the USFL coming in and saying, oh, we're playing in 2022, it's a very similar situation to the AAF. So what do you do if you're the XFL? I say you let it just be for a minute, but I think an announcement of some sort will have to be made, at least a definitive no 2022 announcement uh, prior to any late end of the year alignment announcement that we've been speculating on with people like Dave Naylor, Mike Mitchell now, and everybody 
online talking about the alignment talks. Before the, that big announcement, the XFL, I think, will have to do something at least to tell fans, yo, 2022 is not happening. But hey, whatever comes in 2022 from a spring football perspective will pale in comparison to what we got planned. You need something like that because this is, after all, competition. The USFL is going to have constant announcements over the next, you know, 10 months. Uh, and you don't want to keep pace with them. You know, Oliver Luck, Vince McMahon, everyone involved evolved in 2018 always said what, on What did they say when it came to the AF? The other league, right? They never the really league. quite never, acknowledged Never said them it, by name. You know, exactly. So it's it's there. They're going to do their thing. The XFL. Now, who has the better name notoriety? They're both. It's great. It's a great question. They're both brands that are, I think, hip, have cachet with uh, certain certain crowds like older crowds think the usfl is just super cool anyone who loves the 80s which is like everybody these days thinks the usfl is a a pretty sweet thing to bring back you could sell that but then the xfl does have a a lot of fanfare we saw it recent more recently it was a part of one of the most popular uh eras of pro wrestling and and crazy extreme sports era of the early 2000s if you want to call it that where things were a little bit more in your face uh but it does also i think maybe carry more of a stigma as a gimmick league than the usfl did because the usfl also has has the notch in their belt that that was the league that got herschel walker reggie white doug flutie some all-timers to play in that league but then again you look at what the leagues are now if we're talking about awesome players going to either league, I don't know how. I mean, not by just by an affiliation with the CFL, the XFL will have more access to better players than whatever the US. If the USFL's access is what the T, what TSL is doing, then yeah, they're behind the eight ball on that. They're not getting a Herschel Walker anytime soon. I mean, neither is the XFL probably, but it seems like they're closer. And when we the players we saw in the XFL compared well, to if again if the USFL is what the Spring League is just with a different name, XFL players far and away better, better game, better more, more crisp, better quality football. Good crisp football. Real, yeah. uh, I don't think anybody will ever pay a running back that much again. To, to, you know. I mean, yeah, people, the Steelers picked a running back, what, like 22 in the draft this year and ever said, what are you doing? Oh, my God, he's a running back. <laughs> so, yeah, he must, are he right. must He must be a good running back that doesn't need play action. Yeah, well, the, the, Part they're of changing game. that, Brian, but that's a whole nother football show. <laughs> this is not the XFL show? The, the, maybe one day again. Maybe one day. Run the play action, so much. Man. Sorry, I had to get that out of my chest. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, it's been a, a fun day, I would say, to say the least, right, Alan? It's, it's, we recorded the show on a Thursday. We had Mike Mitchell lined up since last week. This dropped, and here we are. I miss these. I, I, sometimes you forget you get in these lulls, these, these weeks where you're doing more speculation or more having more fun on this podcast or just – not hearing anything and some a lot most people that you know obviously we're in the, we're in like a bubble of just constantly refreshing xfl news and and stuff brian but the people who are just vaguely paying attention to it you got a usfl announcement 
you remember, oh, yeah, the XFL's coming. What's going on in football? Everybody wants to give me football. I want football. Yeah, you're going to get it. Spring football will work, and people will continue to try it. The USFL, another example of that. Just no one ever thought it would be them again. I never thought it would be the XFL again. And now they both have taken second and third cracks at the, at the spring football nut. And it's going to crack. It's going to crack soon, I think. It, it, someone's going to someone's gonna get it right. The timing is going to work out. Uh, it, it'll all happen. They'll, it'll line up. Because if it wasn't going to happen, then people would stop trying. Millionaires are millionaires because they make good business decisions. Well said. But what millionaires and billionaires are behind the USFL? We'll have to wait and see. Like we said, not a whole lot of details, but we know it'll be on Fox, and we'll see how they promote this sucker. It'll be more than a uh, Doug Flutie social post in front of some toys and memorabilia, though, Brian. Although that hat, wait till you see his hat. Big old goal post on it with the General's <laughs> logo in the middle of it. Pretty rad. I'll have to check rad. that out then. USFL is rad football. It's <laughs> rad football. I, I mean, mean you and I are both too young to remember anything USFL, so uh, it'll be great. I mean, yeah, look, everything, I'm all for football. I know in, I was about that have... league. Everything I know about that league I learned from Jeff Perlman and the documentaries. I might have to watch that too as well. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I I love football. I wasn't even an AF fan. I watched it. I, I watched it every single week. Watched every single game. Um, hey, without the, the AF, NFL as well, you would never have fallen in love with Luis Perez the way you did. Yeah, Luis Perez, exactly. Big big Luis Perez fan, and that all started with the Birmingham Iron. And I used exactly. to talk about him every single I mean, week. This, and that, and then we're just gonna have. More football to talk about, so that's a good thing. We're going to be following this USFL thing on this show. Got to say again, recommend go back. If you don't know what the USFL is and you want to learn more about it, uh, from our perspective and our awesome guests we had on way back in the day, uh, we'll, we'll check out the, the Jeff Perlman episode we had. It was way in like the late 20s or 30s episodes. Everything's in order on the podcast feed. Go check it out. Highly recommend it. Very relevant this week, giving us some great stories from that league because he wrote the book on it, and it's highly entertaining and hilarious. And the league was very funny, the way it all came together and the characters that were involved. You thought the XFL 2001 was pretty wild and, and quirky. I mean, the USFL is probably still the gold standard, and we'll see what, what, what this new version uh, looks like compared to that. Highly doubt it's anywhere near that, but... We really don't know too much about it other than they're using that logo, and I'm very excited about that. <laughs> uh, well, we'll keep continuing to cover it. We'll cover the XFL. We'll cover the USFL, whatever, as it impacts the XFL as well as the CFL. This is not the USFL show. <laughs> uh, we'll do that here every single Friday. So make sure you catch us here every Friday right here on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you give us that five-star review and tell your friends about us. If you got a comment, question, or concern, or a topic you want us to cover, well, text or call the XFL fam line, 724-565-4XFL. Uh, standard text messaging and international rates do apply. Also, follow us on all social media platforms at XFL Show, Instagram, Twitter, Alan's favorite Facebook. Alan, I got a little surprise for you here. Pay attention. Or if you want to say hi, hello, subscribe and watch us on YouTube at XFL.show. The official website of This is the XFL Show. 
Oh, sweet. We got a new, uh, a new, we got the dot show. So, like, they got the dot football. We got exactly. dot show. Oh, is this, I don't got to look this up now. This is nice. What a fun surprise to end it the show. Goes to our oh, and it just goes to the YouTube. <laughs> oh, my God. Check it out. You don't even have to go to youtube.com slash whatever. Oh, look. And it's playing. Oh, look. It's, and it automatically plays. Oh, it's great. It plays the coolest XFL. episodes. Show. Check it out. XFL. You can even Check watch it the out. USFL oh my God, uh, this is what episode. A, what a great well. website. Oh, my God. XFL.show is where it's at. All right. Calm down, bro. I'm down. I'm excited. Sorry, it's an exciting day. <laughs> a very exciting day for a lot of football. Uh, look, I say it every single week. I don't want it's this show to show. age well. Uh, I don't want this one to age well. I want some more news. XFL, the USFL fired their shot. It's your turn. It is, although we didn't even bring it up, but another one to ponder. Maybe we can get into it next week. Could it be an ally? Everybody love everybody. Everybody. Depends on if they have some cool artwork, you know, wherever. (gasps) Fort Wayne, Indiana. The Spring League's (laughs) playing in Indianapolis. I mean, who knows? You got the Canadian Football League. You got the United States Football League, or USFL. And then you got the XFL. What could all come of all this? Only time will tell, and we'll... Tell the story as it unfolds each and every single week. Thank you, everybody, for watching and subscribing, listening on your favorite podcast app. And uh, we are excited uh, for for everything going on. This is really cool. Thanks again to Mike Mitchell, too, for joining us this week. We will be back next week for another adventure on the road to kickoff. For Bryant, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they are listening.